0: This is the Rundown. Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the Auction Community Studios for the next two hours. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Jesse, I appreciate your attempts at dancing. I appreciate the enthusiasm. D-backs win four in a row. Woo! Uh, <sighs> nice nice uh, try there as well i'm uh i'm still mourning that uh, that series loss to the box i don't know if everybody else you know i we may take calls later on in the show um i don't know where everybody else was emotion wise going into that game last night during the game last night midway through the third quarter i still thought the Suns are going to win this game. Eh, I still thought the Suns could win this game. At that point, Giannis was clearly in just beast mode. Uh, I still thought the Suns could win this game, and if they win this game, I like our chances in Game 7 at home. Uh, and maybe that's the sign of a great series. I think uh, if you were not a Phoenix or Milwaukee fan, but you weren't so jaded as a Lakers fan that you decided the finals still matter, even if LeBron isn't there, you got to see an amazing series. Uh, m- look, Milwaukee is... Not really a hateable team. Their fans got kind of annoying with that Bucks in six chant, but then it happened. So I don't even know what to say to that. Giannis is, I mean, it's really hard to hate that guy. I, it, ideally, you know, Milwaukee could have gone on this run last year and beat the Lakers in the bubble, and the Suns could have got the heat this year, and uh, I think that would have gone pretty well for Phoenix. It just, it stings because you get that close and you don't know when you're going to be back. You know ESPN put their power rankings out today for next season. They had uh, they had the Suns third overall. I think they had them first in the West, though. They had Milwaukee and Brooklyn ahead of them. Uh if you told me, look, you got to pick a team to get to the finals next year from the Western Conference, I, the Suns, assuming they bring back this this same group with Chris Paul and everything, I would they'd be right there at the top of my list. You've laid the foundation for something really special potentially with this team. You, for the most part, have your core set for a while. I mean, you got some paperwork you got to do on guys like Ayton and Mikhail Bridges. You've got your team now has playoff experience. And, and I think in a lot of ways we saw Milwaukee's playoff experience maybe be enough to push them over the top in that, uh, in that final series. I mean, I don't want to overthink it. The fact that Giannis is a two-time MVP and played some of the best basketball of his career, um, that was really the deciding factor. I mean, I go back to talking about this uh, late last week. My thought was you can't let Milwaukee get within a game of winning the whole thing, especially if they're up 3-2, uh, because Giannis is just going to— I think at the time I said you, know, you run the risk of him having a 50-point, 18-rebound game. I don't know how many rebounds he had last night. <laughs> Maybe I should look that up. But you just you can't let a guy like that get within one game of winning the title, especially when it's his first title. Unfortunately, it happens. Yes, yeah, so he only had 14 rebounds last night. That was fine.
2: Uh, only fourteen. Yeah,
1: only fifty and fourteen, and, and it seemed like a block every two minutes.
2: He was a really hungry player, too. He went and got fifty chicken nuggets from Chick fil A. Yeah, too bad he didn't do that before the game. He probably wouldn't have been quite as effective
1: eating fifty nuggets before the game, but uh, no, he would have had some more of those stomach cramps. But but uh, but aside from all that, I mean, it's it's painful for the Suns. Like I said, you you look at all the things logically that happened this season throughout these playoffs, and then even in the uh, the finals. And uh, we'll certainly, we'll break it down over the next two hours. We're going to talk to Kellen Olsen here in about 10 minutes. You look at all those things and you're like, logically, this team should be back next year or the year after. You can't, you can't necessarily guarantee that being one of the top teams puts you in the finals though. And so that's why this hurts because you were up 2-0. You know, you go into this series, you feel like, okay, the Suns are on a roll. Uh, At the time, we didn't know for sure if Giannis was going to play or if he did, how effective he was going to be. You saw Milwaukee with the impressive win over Brooklyn in the second round, but also Brooklyn didn't have Kyrie for most of that series, and they had like 25% of James Harden for most of that series, and it still went seven games. And so you look at that, and you're like, okay, you know, credit for the win over Brooklyn. I'm not going to play the game that Lakers fans have been playing where they just diminish everything the Suns have done. I'm not going to do that to the Bucs. But going into the series and the finals, you're thinking like, okay, but the Suns are on a tear. And and like I said, I remember I remember worried about letting the uh, letting Giannis get within a win of the title, what might happen. But I also remember when the Suns were up 2-0, saying on these airwaves a lot, yes, Milwaukee is absolutely capable of winning four of the next five. But I just don't believe the Suns are capable of losing four of the next five. And they lost four of the next four. I mean, your first four-game losing streak of the season comes at the worst possible time. So like I said, mixed emotions. Big picture, and maybe when we take a step back from this over the next couple weeks, we're going to be like, yeah, what a what a what an amazing run! Probably one of the I don't know three or four best runs by a sports team in, in Arizona. But um, what a painful finish because you were so close, up two zero, and to let it slip away. It's that that's things. Because like I said, there's no guarantee you get back next season. I think there's a lot of reasons though to, to, to be encouraged for next season and not just next season. And we'll get into a lot of those. But right now, let's uh let's start things off with the rapid reaction. The rundown rapid reaction. Rapid reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. All right, well, let's uh let's start with baseball where the Diamondbacks have already played today and they've already won today.
2: Woo! <laughs> yes.
1: Get fired up, the us Now
2: they're winning. They're, they're winning out.
1: Uh, if they win out, I still don't think they'll make the playoffs. They're thirty and sixty-eight, but they have won four in a row. And I will say this: I talked. To, I remember talking to Derek Hall about a week ago on the morning show, and and you know. They're realistic over there. They understand that the uh, the start of this season was terrible, and and they're just at this point, you know, they're in evaluation stage the rest of the way. The wins and losses don't matter that much, at least in terms of standings. But I remember Derek Hall saying we would like to go 500 the rest of the way. That was sort of a goal at the start of July. They were 22 and 60 at the time, and they are now what, 30 and 68. So they have at this exact moment are exactly eight and eight in the month of July. Is that impressive? No, I mean, you don't play baseball to be 500, but when you started the way they did, maybe this is at least the sign that these guys are still playing for Torrey Lavello. Uh, they get tomorrow off. Like I said, they won 6-4 today over the Pirates. They swept the Pirates, and then they will be uh, in Chicago for three early starts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Cardinals let Lamont Gilliard go. He was the backup center. They took him in the sixth round of the 2019 draft. The crazy thing that's uh, about to happen here is training camp opens in less than a week and this is going to be unlike anything we've ever experienced because you have basketball wrapping up and then right into uh, training camp I mean I guess to a certain extent we experienced it last year but this felt like a more real NBA playoffs and certainly uh, much more of our attention was focused on the NBA this year with the Suns in the in the finals you got like a week before the Cardinals start up and for me, I'm not I'm not entirely ready to talk about other sports yet. I need some time here with this uh, this Suns run to process what just happens. But um, but yeah, Cardinals season is right around the corner, so we will be getting ready for that quickly. And uh, nationally, I always love these things, whatever the sport. But uh, but certainly hockey as well. Uh, the NHL expansion draft going on tonight. I believe it's still rolling on ESPN. Still
2: rolling ESPN two. I I hate it. They're taking my players from my team. and <laughs> That's I, what an expansion and, draft is. And I'm not happy about it. Th- this team should be in Quebec or Hartford, not Seattle. Quebec? Yeah, no. shit. Uh, Seattle should have had a basketball team again before a hockey team. This is just wrong in a bunch of different ways. But I like the name Kraken, so there you go. <laughs> so,
1: so that makes it okay with you. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, they took uh, Tyler Pitlick from the Coyotes. Although there's a lot of talk, they may end up trading him. But yeah, the expansion draft. On, although it was what was interesting with the expansion draft is that this big production on uh, on ESPN and certainly on the uh, on on TV north of the border up in Canada. But all the picks were leaked out earlier today, so you really don't need. To tune in. Yeah, I mean, they,
2: they tweeted. They, the Kraken tweeted out, "How excited are you all for tonight?" And I said, "I already know what's going to happen." Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, quoted it. <laughs> I was like, "I already know what was going to happen." Uh, my Twitter: Jesse underscore Morrison six. Uh, make sure to follow me if you want to see more comments
1: about knowing what everybody else already knew. Follow Jesse Morrison. Um, yeah, Kraken roster is, I believe, set, even if they're still pretending it's not quite set. But uh, but yeah, you can always tweet Jesse, you can tweet me, you can tweet into the show at Rundown 987. You can also tweet our next guest, Kellen Olsen. Uh, we're going to talk to him when we come back. Kind of put a wrap on the season that uh, was one of the best in Sun's history. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 987 FM, Arizona sports station.
0: 987 FM, Arizona's sports station, and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd Kellen
1: Olsen on the rundown. Yeah, we got to have Kellen Olsen on tonight. We had him on, of course, a lot throughout the season. We've had him on a lot throughout the last few seasons. This year was obviously quite a bit different. He joins us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. So. Kellen, I will just start you off with a very broad question. Now that this season has ended, you know, ending with disappointment, but obviously quite the uh, the positive roller coaster ride. How are you feeling about this team and and what we just saw for the last six months?
3: Yeah, really good, Luke. Uh, I think I think it's hard to maybe process it in in real time, of course, and just so close to. The obvious disappointment of, of losing in, in the championship round. But but with that being said, you just kind of look at where this season kind of started. You were you were hopeful for them to maybe win win a playoff series, maybe two, and then, then just see what happened from there. But I don't think really anyone realistically had expectations of this team making the Western Conference Finals or, or making the Finals and, and really at, at some points being the favorite. Uh, to win the title. And it was a really special year for them. And I think the thing to take solace in, through uh, some feelings for sure, Suns fans are still going through right now, is just how well this positioned them for the future, what this sort of run is going to do and, and has done already for the young core and how much better they're going to be uh, in the future because of it. I think that the benefits are, are so uh, large and they're not going to be able to be seen right away. But even like next season, I think you're just going to see those four main young guys Cam Johnson, McKell Bridges, DeAndre, and Deb Booker all just much better from this experience already.
1: The, uh, the game last night and really just that entire series with Milwaukee, uh, when you, when you process that, how much of it do you look at and say, okay, maybe the Suns could have done this differently, or maybe they should have tried this or they let game four slip away or whatever. And how much of it do you just look at and say, you know, Giannis is potentially on his, on, on his way to being an all time. Great. He didn't have a title and he looked like a man on a mission.
3: The latter for sure. Um, I can see the former because this is a winnable series, but that's also the level of basketball that we're at where you're just not going to see any overwhelming favorites. And it's not like the Bucks just completely ran over the Suns by any means. They were very winnable games and there were stretches in these games that could have changed the series for sure. But I think the reality is that the way the Bucks beat the Suns kind of definitively proved they were the better team they took what the Suns' identity was on the court, at least, in terms of ball movement and just assists, high assist numbers, low turnover numbers, and the last game of the season ends with the Suns having their lowest amount of assists in a game of the regular season or the playoffs at 14, and then they have more turnovers than assists with 15. And the Bucks' defense making that happen is just a testament to how good of a team they are. And then Giannis, we could go on forever just about the statistical um, milestones that he reached. I mean, thir- over 35 points per game in-, in the finals, that's only been done 10, 11 times. 30 points and a half in a finals game has only been done one other time. That was Michael Jordan. He he just flat out dominated that series, and I just don't really think there was much the Suns could have done from their end to really stop him, and that's really what it comes down to. I-, I know their offensive execution wasn't that great, but again, a lot of that credit goes to the Bucks defense, and Kind of what we talked about at the start of the series in terms of Devin Booker just had to score through Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker, who were two of the best defenders in the league. Chris Middleton's really great. Giannis is arguably the best defensive player in the league right now. I would say that he is, honestly. And Brook Lopez made all defense a, a few years ago. It's just a really, really good defensive team, and they, and they showed it.
1: Talking to Kellen Olsen, uh, Kellen, Giannis made it kind of a point last night. I don't think he was going out of his way to take a shot at super teams, but he made it pretty clear. Like, look, I stayed here. Anybody could go play for a super team and win is basically what he said. You look at these finals and you had Milwaukee with guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton that had gone through the tough times there. Obviously, Devin Booker and certainly the fans here in Phoenix had gone through the tough times uh, with with the Suns. And you look at how teams like the Lakers and the Nets and the Clippers, when they had an injury, they just didn't have enough depth after that because they were trying to build super teams. Do you think in any way these playoffs maybe are are a knock, uh, maybe back in the right direction where we see teams try and do it, quote, the right way?
3: I'm not sure exactly. I think that if you – it's one of those things where, like, what were the Brooklyn Nets going to do, not get James Harden, yeah. Kevin Durant, and Kyrie <laughs> Irving? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those situations where – if it presents itself to you you just have to do it you really don't have another choice because if you can have that type of super team you obviously become either the favorite to win the title or one of the two or three and look i i expect the nets to come out next year and and be the favorites for the title and if they can stay healthy to win the title it's just the collection of talent that they have there they nearly made it happen with just one of the guys which is kevin durant who is one of those guys in the conversation among four or five, six other guys with Giannis with LeBron as the best player in the world. So I, I think that this is how most teams have to do it anyway. But I mean you look at what Milwaukee did and I think one of the defining things in there is that when you have a window to win with a star with a star star player, you really need to go for it. And and they did with the Drew Holiday trade and they tried to with the Bogdanovich trade before that fell apart, which is a kind of a crazy twist in their season is that they were expecting to get someone like Bogdanovich who would have been a huge piece to their team and would have been so important for them and in this playoff run they wound up not getting him and their season and their and their uh, roster still turned out relatively okay despite that falling apart and, and this is not a way to talk about the Suns by the way I'm, I'm just saying when you have like a missing link or two that you need you can go grab it and I, I don't really see that from the Suns team there's a lot of Trade talk and off-season talk of what the Suns can do should they keep the team together. I kind of think it's all bogus, really. Like they should obviously keep the team together, and for everyone looking at DeAndre or Mikel negatively after that series, they're they're young. Like this is a very young team that is going to get much better over the next three or four years. And I, I know that's not immediate results, and they have a championship window and all this kind of stuff. Like, look, at the right situation presents itself, like I said, but. You're better off just building the team organically, like they have already, and, and seeing this through for the next five to six years, which should be a whole lot more winning.
1: Yeah, it's a great point too. And I guess for the super team part, I was thinking more like, are we going to see less teams like Dallas or Miami structure everything with the hope that a guy like Giannis shows up? I mean, obviously, if if if, if Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are joining your team, you're gonna you're gonna allow that to happen. Um, to your point there, though, that this team with this, this young core that they have should only get better. I know I know nothing's guaranteed I know that even if they get better, they might miss uh, they may not go to the finals next year. like I said, you, you can't count on that, but when you look at this group, how specifically do you think they will improve and how much do you think just the playoff experience going through the highs and lows is going to help them now? because it did seem like it helped Milwaukee when we got in, into the finals and Phoenix was up 2-0.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, assuming Chris Paul is back, which seems like the most likely outcome at this point, it's going to come through internal growth first. And I think we're, again, I kind of already alluded to that. They are going to just be so much better from this playoff run, those younger guys. And you look at potential improvements elsewhere, uh, it's, I'm not really sure exactly. I think that like another creator with the ball, even if they bring back campaign, wouldn't be a terrible idea. Just you're looking up and down that guard rotation. I think Langston Galloway and Etuan Moore were great, and I think the Suns should want them back. But with that in mind, just grabbing someone in Etwan's kind of spot is like that fourth, fifth guard who can who can give you a little bit more, and that's where you can look at the draft potentially with number 29. And then, of course, like one of the talking points of the series and really the trade deadline was that backup five spot. That's, again, where you can look for someone on the veterans minimum. And and a crazy reality of the situation we're now in, Luke, is we can conceivably say this is a place where a lot of guys are going to want to play, and they could get one of those marquee names that's looking to just play on the vets' mint for a contender. And and there are a lot of backup fives out there that make a lot of sense and and are going to in the next week or two, and the Suns should be in a really great position to get one, and they're going to need one. Because Darius Sarch is out for most of the year, it, they know better than anyone else right now the position Jalen Smith is into play. But I really doubt you want to hedge your entire like rotation at that point just on him. So I'm sure they'll bring they'll bring in a veteran five at at, at some point, and that could, that would really help this team obviously because we saw size uh, took advantage of them at some points.
1: Uh, Kellen, I know a lot of people are like it's it's tough even here in the valley to be. Mad at a guy like Giannis, and I agree. I mean, the guy deserved to win, but uh, but if you're a Suns fan, you you're, you know, it's you're like, when is it our time? And I guess the flip side of that was it was really tough to watch Monty Williams in the post game presser last night, and we've talked about this a lot throughout the season. There were a lot of different guys on this team to identify with or root for, but man, they got to get Monty Williams a ring, don't they? I mean, the guy, you can just see how much it means to him, and and along those lines, last night was not a surprise in his post game comments.
3: Yeah, I was in the room and, and wrote about that sort of experience and just uh, I, I people go through hardships in their life, obviously, but you think about how much these guys work for this like specific goal in their life and for it to come up short and then immediately we're speaking to them not even after it, but while it's still happening, because we're hearing like through the vibrations of the walls in the arena, we're hearing the post-game speeches, the crowd cheering. When that's done, there's still celebrations from like staffers and and people who work in the arena in the hallways that these guys are walking up and down. So like really be like talking to them and and Monty during like one of the worst moments of their life. Like Book said, he's never felt hurt like this before. Monty said he's never felt anything like that before as a head coach. And and that's just a really killer moment. I mean, it, the TNT guys crack jokes at Barkley all the time, but like that that was a really tough moment for him losing in '93, and the same can be said. Like we saw Nash break down after 2010 when he knew that was probably his last shot. It's that's a really tough moment to be around, and and you just that's kind of the crazy thing about this sport is that some guys can go through an entire career without even getting that one chance of being in there. Steve is Nash, of course, is the prime example you can bring up here locally so to get that one shot potentially not get it jake crowder's lost it back-to-back years too so it just makes guys hungrier than ever and i think that's probably the most exciting thing to take away from this is deandre and said that he went up to Devin booker in his locker room after the game and said we're going to hold each other accountable to like this standard for the rest of our careers because we got to get back here.
1: Yeah, and that's that's impressive commentary from anybody, but especially DeAndre Ayton, who who made so many steps just in the last two months. Uh, Kellen, I'll get you out here on this one. I know there were a lot of surprises this season, and, and making the finals is uh, is certainly at the top of the list. But other than that, did anything really stand out to you this season that you just did not expect when they threw the ball up to start the year?
3: Um, they. I... Yeah, man, that, that's a really big, big picture, small picture question at the same time. I just think the way in which the, the transition occurred from, from Ricky as the point guard to Chris mm. and how through that, the .5 ball movement style of play. like I think that one of the most fascinating things about a team making a finals run is that everyone now around the league knows like what the Suns play like and, and what they play and how it, how they play and how much fun it is to play that kind of style, share the ball and all that kind of stuff. I just wasn't sure how fluid that transition was going to be and how much of that team style was going to be retained from the Ricky Rubio year to the Chris Paul year, just because Ricky made it so easy to keep the ball moving around all the time. Chris is a better passer and a better player and a better point guard for sure but he's going to have control of it a little bit more than Ricky, obviously. But with that being said, it was even better than last year and, and with the way the ball moved around. And I think that's kind of something to watch going forward for the team in the next couple of years is just how much that retains and continues to be like a strength for this team is just, you know, the way they're going to play in the same way where you play against the Heat or the Celtics or the Warriors for those years. Like, you know, the brand of basketball that the Spurs play and so on. And I think the Suns are have established themselves and they're on their way to joining that level of teams in a couple of years where you know what you're getting against the Suns team every night. And that's, and that's something that's really exciting and, and does not come across easily. There are a lot of really, really great teams that still don't do that, come across with like a clear, coherent style of basketball that's easy to see. And, and the Suns have that, and it's a really special thing that they created this year too. Kellen Olson, great stuff
1: as always, man. Have you begun your uh, feverish draft prep to see who the Suns are going to take at twenty nine next week?
3: God no, I'm <laughs> going to start. I'm going to start on like Monday and just slowly watch a game for five or ten guys and I think that's it I'm going to be mostly uninformed and it's a great thing to be
1: it's a great feeling you can't predict who they're going to take at 29 anyway it's a little bit further down the draft Kellen Olson, great stuff uh thanks for everything all season man we'll still talk to you of course during the off season in fact I think you and I are doing a draft show next week but uh but thanks for everything your hard work on ArizonaSports.com I know a lot of the listeners appreciate it as well so thanks a lot thanks Luke Thanks a lot. That's Kellen Olson joining us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Coulter Infinity Luxury Cars Legendary Service. Visit CoulterInfinity.com. Well, when we come back, Kellen kind of touched on it right there, but uh, the return of Chris Paul, it's got to be priority number one, right? And was this season a success? How would you rate it? Because there's a lot of people that are on the other side of this one from me, and it's it's kind of surprising. We'll get into that next. It's the rundown. Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs>
0: Luke Lipinski on the rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: All right, Luke Lipinski back here with you. Let's, uh, let's start with this. And Jesse, I will ask for your opinion on this one. The Arizona sports poll question today is, I think, a simple one. Do you consider the Suns' season a success despite not winning the NBA title? Your options are just simply yes. Nobody expected this. No, they're not champions.
4: It's
2: obviously a success. I, being, yeah. being the eighth seed would have been a success. That's better than last season. Being the eighth seed would have been a success. Like, it's, I just can't believe people are like, oh, that that wasn't a successful What? Like, What? I was well, so confused.
1: The uh the results, and, and look, I'll be honest, part of me kind of likes this that the bar is has been raised, but it's just, it is a little ridiculous. The results right now are no. 55% no, they're not champions, so this was not a success. 45%, yes, nobody expected this. Earlier in the day, it was like 80-20 for no. Um, look, we only gave you two clear options on the Arizona sports poll question. Now, we're going to have a, a story coming out on Arizona sports where uh, the hosts all reacted with how do you how do you rate the season one to ten on that scale in terms of whether or not it was successful. And that gives you a lot more uh, room to sort of describe where it falls within the gray area. And, and I'll just tell you, I mean, the story's not up, but, but my answer was a nine. And um, I don't really – I'll be interested to see how people have answers that aren't nine. Like when you consider how difficult it is to change the culture of a professional sports team, and then you add in the fact that it's not like you were just trying to change from being like a mid-tier team to a really good team. You're talking about a team that was averaging like 22 wins a season for four years, and you flipped it. 12 months ago, the bubble hadn't even opened yet. So that 8-0 run hadn't even started 12 months ago. When you look at what they've done in the last 12 months, and I understand the bubble's not part of this season, but, I mean, it is a remarkable run. You get to the finals, honestly, I'm with you. I mean, an eight seed, probably, I wouldn't have considered that a a success, although it is better than what they've done. But, yeah,
2: it's better than last season. Like anything, it's better that than the last ten than last, seasons. Yeah, it's better than anything in the last ten seasons. So even making the playoffs this year was a success. If they had lost in the first round of the Lakers, it would have been unfortunate, but it would have been losing to LeBron James, and you can understand that they, they far exceeded expectations. And I, I think people need to understand that and not get so caught up in the moment. Well, I, I think I think people that are answering that it wasn't a success are definitely getting caught up in, you know, the moment, like, oh, my gosh, we should have won. And I understand that, but you got to take a step back and just be like, wait a minute. These past 10 years have been awful. Just being in the playoffs and having that excitement is amazing. And a a finals run, I mean, that is unbelievable. Now,
1: the flip side to it, and this is why I couldn't make it a 10, is you were up 2-0 in the finals. And, look, Giannis... One of the best players in the league. We may look back at him as being one of the best players of his generation. He already is one of the best players of his generation. Uh, didn't have a title and took it upon himself to to basically, last night especially, single-handedly take that title. So I get that. I get that there's no shame in losing to him, but you were up 2-0 in the NBA Finals. And there were a few games in there that were basically one-possession games in the final minute or two minutes. So it can't be a complete success because, and it's weird, right? I mean, if, if, they, if the Suns had gone through the Western Conference but had fallen behind 2-0 and then got it to 2-2 and then lost 4-2, it would have been like, yeah, a rousing success. When you're up 2-0 in the finals and you only need to go 2-3 and three down the stretch, I can't make it a 10. But, man, it changed the culture. And, and to me, the biggest thing, the biggest thing about this and why I think it's a, a, a true success is you've set yourself up well for next year, too like if it had just been this year and you're like, okay, a lot of these guys are leaving now, then I, I, you know, it's still a memorable moment. It's still a great time, but, uh, but maybe it's not as quote successful because how, you know, you got so many questions going into next year. This team does not have questions going into next year. I mean, you got to bring Chris Paul back. So that's, that is a question. But your other biggest question is like, can we find a big to put behind DeAndre Ayton? Like those guys are attainable and they're not expensive. There's nothing's a given. Like I said, there's there's always going to be a wrinkle and a plot twist or whatever. That happens for every team. But as it stands right here, you're in a pretty good spot going into next year and the year beyond. And Devin Booker got playoff experience, and you can tell he's somebody that's going to thrive in the playoffs. We all kind of suspected that, but now we've seen it firsthand, and he's experienced it. And what's the stat? He, He had more points in his first ever NBA playoffs than anybody in NBA history. So you got that. You got DeAndre Ayton taking serious steps forward. I mean, his evolution over the last two months was was unreal. Yes, he he looked way overmatched last night and at times in the finals. I will grant you that. But uh, I'm going to give him a pass after what he did in the first three rounds, certainly. I just, I think when you consider the the rise, like the rapid rise of this team and the fact that they are set up so well for the future, it, it, absolutely, it was a success. You, you have to, if you can't, I know it's, it, it stings today, I get it, and it's going to sting for a while because you were up 2-0, but if you can't look back and enjoy what this team did, it's you just, you're just you missing out on some of the fun. Uh, I don't know how else to say it, but yes, last night, the last week and a half, those sucked. You were up 2-0 in the finals and you lost to Milwaukee, and that's that's a team that, if, if nothing else, you felt like you were equal with, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, they were a backup big man away from being champion and there's a lot of good backup big men out there on the market including Dwight Howard that's a oh, name boy. that I saw Oh
1: goodness okay
2: he's an NBA champion uh, now I, who need, is, I
1: need to get on I need to adjust to that
2: I but but think about it defensive player has you know great size I think they just need tall guys behind Ayton, yeah.
1: honestly yeah. and if you hadn't played Milwaukee I mean if you play Atlanta it doesn't even matter. Right? If you play Atlanta they sweep them. <laughs> yeah, I really I mean
2: Capella's really good, but they I It's mean, he's not Giannis though. And that and Giannis, that, that's no. the
1: thing. It's it's the you know, they they went through LeBron in the first round and that's four MVPs. And you go through Jokic in the second round and that's another MVP and they couldn't go through Giannis, but that's two more MVPs and they're the two most recent other than the one Jokic won this year and you could just I, I don't know that anybody at that point was uh, was stopping Milwaukee, but um I, definitely a success and, and definitely you're set up now well for the future. Cause you're right. You can go pick up a backup big man. It shouldn't be hard. You heard Kellen Olsen last segment. It's, it's a great point. It seems like such an obvious point once you hear it, but it's a great point. Guys are going to want to come play here. So you may be able to get a backup big. That's like a legitimate piece. And he's like, yeah, I'll take a little bit less to go play in Phoenix. The only thing I would say is you got to be careful adding guys to this group because i think what made this group so special is the chemistry the chemistry on this team is unlike the chemistry i've seen on any sun's team in a long long time and i know you got to add some pieces but you just got to be careful that that you don't bring in some guy that that you know he has a few good games and he's like oh yeah i'm the i'm the second option on this team or i'm you know i'm more important than this guy like no you're coming in you're you're joining a team that almost just won the title. And I want to make sure anybody they bring in realizes that. You know what I mean? And, and I think that locker room will do a good job of reminding them of that and just kind of – you're not bringing in five, six, seven, eight guys. You're bringing in you know, one or two or three, and they're mostly going to be role players unless something crazy happens. So I, I think this, this locker room will make sure
2: they they bring them in the right way. Can they bring back uh, big sauce, Alan Williams? Is he still able to? He, he's gonna have to have a career revitalization. Is that even if that's a word? Uh, you know, at some point, and and you know, he's a big Suns guy. Just just bring him back. I mean, he provides some size. You know, well, his name is Big Sauce. So I guess you yeah, can't, Big Sauce. Can't, bring him back. You can't get that name he was if Was at like big. the playoff run the whole time. Might as well just sign him for a vet minimum. See what he can do. Uh, that's uh,
1: I, I like. I don't
2: think they don't have to make any big additions.
1: You gotta you obviously got to bring Chris Paul back. And we'll get more into that i mean they the might show. have
2: to make some big additions if it's sauce
1: yes some big sauce additions is how you're hearing it um i want to take some calls if we uh, if we have people driving i just want to get the reaction now it's been about 24 you know whatever twenty twenty two hours so you've had some time to process it uh 602-260-9870 if you want to call in next segment here just kind of give us your thoughts on where you are with this uh, not just uh, you know anything. You can you can talk about looking forward to next season, but really I just kind of want your emotions after what has happened over the last couple weeks and, and the last uh, two months of the playoffs. And uh, we will get into the Chris Paul situation as well. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass is uh, screening your calls right now. And uh, yeah, look, I know. I know we don't take a ton of calls on the show, but I felt like today, especially I, I just I really I genuinely want to get people's reactions because I know just from my son's fan friends that some of them are just miserable today. And they're like, I'm not going to work. <laughs> Maybe I'll never go to work again. And then there are other ones that are like, yeah, but I mean, what a run. And uh, and honestly, both sides are true. You know, you you do what you did this season. If I'm if I'm overstating it, I can't think of other examples. Like, I'm not trying to exaggerate here. I really think this is one of the I don't know, four or five best runs in Arizona sports history. This season was one of the most enjoyable seasons at a time when I feel like our city and our state needed something to captivate us and bring it all to, uh, together. And, you know, it absolutely did that. But at the same time, losing four in a row for the first time all season to close out the year is just brutal. Let's go out. Uh, we'll start with Jeremy in Phoenix. Jeremy, you're on the rundown. How you doing?
5: I'm doing great, Luke, man. I love this show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just kind of have like a, a perspective. Like I'm a Suns fan, so I'm, I'm from Milwaukee originally, but I've been out here for 14 years. And because of Devin Booker, like, I became a Suns fan, like, watching Kentucky, seeing their team. And so, for me, it's just been, like, heartbreaking today, like, you know what I mean, to see them lose. But I feel like it is a light at the end of the tunnel because they have such a deep roster. You could probably make a move and get a Pascal Siakam or a Sabonis, or if you, hopefully we retain Chris Paul and we get those, you know, those assets, but... If we can't get Chris Paul, I think that's $44 million. You could be able to kind of maneuver and do a sign-and-trade, Lillard, something like that. But, I mean, hopefully moving forward, we can keep our core, man, because I feel like we can make it back to the finals. We just need to add a bigger piece, a bigger body that can handle a Giannis or somebody, Anthony Davis. We really need to be able to shore that up, and we'll be fine. We'll be, you know, winning a ring next year.
1: Jeremy, I appreciate the call. And uh, look, the last thing you said, we'll be fine. I mean, that, that rings true. There's there's a lot of times the team makes a deep run, has a brutal loss in the playoffs, and you know in the back of your mind, like, eh, that might have been our best chance. We might be gone for a while. And we may look back and, and realize that was the Suns' best chance to win a title with this group, but they're going to be right there next year. And they should be right there the year after because the core, and this is the payoff for doing it the quote right way, is uh, is you drafted these guys and you're developing Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and I'm with you, Jeremy. It was brutal. At the end of that game, there were a couple couple scenes that were like, ah, this is this is tough. This is tough to take. Certainly, Monty Williams at the podium that was rough. We all knew that was going to be rough. Uh, Chris Paul walking off the court because you don't know how many more chances he has. Devin Booker, I'm I'm pretty confident this guy's going to win a title at some point, whether it's next year or the year after. But uh, but it was tough, and, and I'm sure people remember the scene. Everybody's kind of running around. Obviously, they're in Milwaukee. The game just ended. Giannis is going crazy. And, and they showed Booker right in the middle of the crowd, and he just kind of muttered to himself, and he's just looking around. And it's like, you could tell in that moment the game had ended. That was the first time Devin Booker truly believed the Suns weren't going to win. And the game was over. Like, the clock was at zero. It was over. Milwaukee had won. And I, I don't know why. But I really like that. You could tell. That was truly the first moment Devin Booker was like, oh, wow, we're actually not going to win. He never had any doubt while they were playing. And that, to me, is why he's going to win a title. Absolutely. Let's go out to Dan in Gilbert. Dan, how you doing?
6: Hey, Luke. How are you doing? Good, man. I'm, I'm going to give you a little different perspective because, uh, unfortunately for you guys, I grew up a Lakers fan. Okay. And uh, I was rooting for the Suns. I thought you guys had actually beat us in five the first round you guys beat us in 6 so that surprised me but uh i think this just came down to experience you know if you uh even even book who i love if you look at that play right before drew holiday stole that ball out of his hands i think at the end of game 4 right mm-hmm. uh he had tucker up in the air yeah all he does is lean forward and get that foul yeah I, I, why he turned around and passed that ball I just, I watched that play over and over again. And I'm thinking, why didn't he just go up with that shot? He had him up in the air. So I think it just uh, comes down to, to experience young guys, you know, Milwaukee was a great team and an unbiased basketball fan. It was a great series. I know mean, you guys are hurting, but as a basketball fan, you couldn't have asked for, uh, for much more to watch. So that's my two
1: cents. Dan, I appreciate the call. And I completely agree. You know, there were times where I was like trying to take myself out of that series emotionally and just be like, what is this series like for people that are just NBA fans that basically are what all of us have been for the last, you know, two and a half decades watching the finals. And it's like, there are some years where like, I don't care who wins. And this is boring relatively. Or there are years where it's like, I just want LeBron to lose and he's not going to, Uh, or whoever, you know, pick whoever. But um, but, I, I mean, I really, I do think if, if you were not a Suns fan or a Bucks fan, I heard, uh, I think it was Bickley and Murata today, They basically were just like, that must have been, it was Gambo, actually. It must have been tough to, to, to pick who you were cheering for for two weeks, because it's tough, really, to root against either of these teams. And that only goes so far but the series itself was actually extremely entertaining i mean there were stretches of these games i thought game 5 was a game for the ages it was a brutal end for the suns in game 5 but i honestly thought that's the sort of game that if it didn't involve the suns losing in heartbreaking fashion i'll rewatch that game in, in a year when they show it on tv i rewatched it 3 times already this week mainly for the for for this job but i mean very uh, very entertaining series and i and i i think you're 100% spot on with the uh, the experience idea because Milwaukee that group that core of that group had had failed in the playoffs before and I know that's not something you want to hear as a Suns fan like oh you got to fail to get there next year and do better because they almost did it without failing but that really is almost unheard of in the NBA where unless you just buy a bunch of players you don't just come out of nowhere and win the title and the Suns They almost just pulled it off, which would have been absolutely uh, unheard of. (laughs) So uh, there is something to you could see it in certain moments, as great as Devin Booker was, certainly with eight and even Chris Paul at times like these guys had never been to the finals before. Now, Milwaukee had never been to the finals before either. None of those guys. But they had played big playoff games over the last couple of years and won some big ones and lost some big ones. And it did seem like that really helped them because they just were not phased down 2-0. Uh, let's go out to Scott and Grande. You are on the rundown, Scott. How you doing?
7: Good, Luke. Uh, uh, you know, I, I gotta echo that. You know, you, we, Monty said it so clearly. You have to go through it to get to the other side of heart, and if you put that those two phrases together, it's really what it comes down to. I, I, I got a bit. I, I cried like a little girl during his news conference, and I just felt so bad for him, but. As a Suns fan, as a longtime Suns fan, and naturally being born and raised in Chicago, a, a Bulls fan, we had to go through it. The Bulls had to go through it, too, before they became the dynasty they were. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the, the Suns will or won't be that dynasty, but this is the experience that they'll get going forward. And as a coach myself in high school sports, I know what it's like to be in their shoes. And it, it just got to take those learning lessons. And I look forward to the coming years with the core of this group sticking around for two, three years. And I really hope we can keep Chris Paul. He asked for three, give it to him. You know, let's, let's keep. He's a leader. He's proven the leadership and to turn the culture around, like you guys said earlier, before the bubble, from just being 22 average wins a year to 51 in the first full year with Monty and 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 the group, unheard of. And it and it's, it's, I'm proud of them. Sad,
1: sad to lose, but I am proud of them. Monty, yeah, Scott, I appreciate the call. I, I'm with you there. I think that that uh, encapsulates it pretty well. Like, sad they lost, especially the way they lost. But it, it, I think it's going to grow over this off season just how proud of this group we are. But you're right, it was it was tough to watch Monty in that press conference. I thought it was. It showed a ton of class that he went into the Bucks locker room, and I thought it said a lot that they're in the middle of celebrating, but they all stopped to listen to Monty Williams because when Monty Williams talks, you listen to him, even if you just won the title and you beat Monty Williams to get it. Like Giannis had his arm around him, like it was it was a scene you don't typically see, but it was very symbolic of the uh, just the. I, I, just the, the the personality and the person that Monty Williams is, it was tough. That that was, that was the one that stood out when the game ended. I was like, man, they got to get one for Monty Williams, but they are, they are set up very well going forward. You, you got to keep this group together and run it back at least next year. And that means keeping Chris Paul. Certainly let's go out to Joe in Gilbert. Joe, how's it going?
8: Hey, Luke.
1: Uh, I've been a Suns fan for over 30 years and yeah, I'm kind of like some of your
8: friends today. I didn't go to work, kind of like sat around the house, listening to sports radio. <laughs> didn't really do much, but uh you know, it was um it was an amazing run for the Suns for the last eleven years they were basically non existent and to do what they did this year, I mean obviously as uh, rejuvenated Suns fans around the valley, you've seen the all the crowds and everything and how they've been and then whenever I walk around outside I was seeing people wearing sun shirts and hats and all that. And so it's it's a, it's an amazing feeling. I just wanna offer a couple tidbits. I mean Monty is a class act for doing what he did to go over to uh opposing team and you know congratulate them Um, you don't see many other coaches ever doing something like that Um, in in regards to keeping Chris Paul I don't think he's going to go anywhere I think he wants to get paid and the Suns are really the only team that can really give him this money Um, I think he really likes this group too I think it's a young group that he can kind of like bark in their ear and they actually take that negative feedback and become a better team for it Um, I think the Suns need two things you got to try to retain, retain Cameron Payne or get a fine another backup point guard that can play 15 to 20 minutes next year because I think we need to put Chris Paul on a load management type of deal where he just only plays like 30 minutes a game maybe some games he sits on a back-to-back and maybe get a big guy like Rakan Holmes or Portis or someone who can you know back up or possibly play the you know the four spot um, if we need to go big against another team because obviously we weren't able to do that I love Jay Crowder he's a great player and he's a tough guy but I mean, he's just a little too tiny sometimes against these bigger guys who are seven foot. Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call, and uh, go Suns next year. Hi,
1: right, Joe. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it was. It was certainly like you just you drive around and you just see, like, T-shirt stands up and you just see people wearing Valley jerseys. And it just, like, it was – we all know how sports can bring an entire city or a state or a community together, but especially with everything that happened over the last year, it was great to see that. It was it was a really nice reminder and then also when you consider the Suns hadn't been in the playoffs in over a decade uh it was um it was well deserved and a long time coming and uh wow Bobby Portis can you imagine if he was on the Suns next year? I don't know, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that one but uh, but yeah I agree you got you got to you got to back up Ayton because Milwaukee really really uh highlighted the fact that you had some uh, some depth issues in the in the front court and uh you got to bring back Chris Paul you got to make sure I- I'm interested to see what it looks like you bring back Chris Paul next year and and he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to start with a new team and take, you know, a couple of weeks to kind of get in the flow and everybody gets in the flow around him. He just comes back with the same team next year. That'd be nice. All right, let's take one more. Let's take uh, Andrew in Glendale. Andrew, how's it going tonight?
9: Great, Luke. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, um, lived here since I was five years old from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. So I do appreciate your uh, hockey coverage as well. Nice. Um, Uh, You know, this team has grown up before our eyes, and I think we're just on the infancy of what they can possibly do. Um, You you can't replace Chris Paul, so they got to bring him back. Um, As far as uh, uh, campaign, uh, you know, let him have one more year of tutelage under Chris Paul. Uh, You know, then, you know, we were set for the future. We've got a lot of great young players Um, And I think the one thing about growing up this year was the fact that, you know, I think the front office grew up a little bit too. You know, Sarver, God bless him, man. He's going to be paying a lot of people, but you know what? He stayed out of his lane and he didn't do the Jerry Jones thing like he had in the past. And I, you know, I applaud him for doing that. And he's been very, uh, you know, suspect in the past about, you know, hiring and firing these coaches and stuff. We got a gem in Monty Williams. This is, the destination in the desert, and I, I, I honestly think that there's going to be a lot of players. I going want to come and play here. I think we do need a backup five. Dwight Howard is not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see what we can do. And I just, I, I just want to say, you know, say thanks to uh, Monty, uh, James Jones, and Robert Sarver, and uh, everybody for putting together this team. I mean, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But, man, we've got a young nucleus. Some people may leave. Some people may be gone. But um, as long as we can keep this, this ship together, uh, I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't expect to be the number one, number two seed in the West again next year and then possibly, uh, you know. Well, wait till next year. But, hey, I'm all I'm all down for it. And, Luke, I appreciate you guys. And and uh, God bless the Suns.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, look, the, things are going to change around the Suns, certainly in the Western Conference next year. But this group is battle-tested. And you're right. They grew up together. You know, even Chris Paul had never been to the finals until these last couple weeks. But, I mean, when you have Booker and Aiton and Bridges and Cam Johnson and all these guys that you drafted, you can't just have those guys grow up together on their own or – you don't really go anywhere. You got to have a vet like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. And to me, this all the corner turned when they brought in Monty Williams, but you're right about the front office. It also turned a corner and you bring in James Jones and Monty Williams. You just, you're set up, you are set up very well for the future. And I just, I really want to see them do everything they can to run it back next year with almost the identical group, if at all possible. All right. Appreciate the calls. We'll come back. The reload is next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98, seven FM, Arizona sports station.
0: Arizona's Sports Station, the Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload.
1: Now we're number two of the show live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. And Jesse Morrison is going to bring
2: us the Reload right now, Jesse. All right, Luke. So, of course, the Sun season ends with four straight losses in the NBA Finals to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are the 2021 NBA champions. What? They are? Yes. I didn't sign off on that. I didn't either. Okay. And yet, here it is. Do like Giannis. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's tough not to like him. He could have beat somebody else, but that's fine. Like last year, but whatever. Yeah, you know.
2: (laughs) Win it in the bubble.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, look, the season... It ends with four straight losses. That's the first time that's happened all year. I hate that stat. And you could kind of see it coming together. And that was one of those stats that, like, there were a couple times in the playoffs where it was like, okay, well, the Suns are great on the road. Or, you know, the Suns haven't lost three in a row in a long time. When it got to the point where they were down 3-2, that the they haven't lost four in a row stat was one that I just wasn't I wasn't going to say anywhere. Because <laughs> it was just like one of those things, you don't even want to put that out there in the universe uh, and as it turned out, me not saying that was not enough to uh, to affect the title. So I guess uh, maybe there's a lesson there. But um, yeah, that's that's rough for the first time to lose four in a row, and it's the last four games of the season. Very bittersweet uh, playoff run for the Suns. Again, I think the further we get away from it, the more we're going to look at it and be like, man, that was that was pretty awesome. That was it was memorable it was it was it was it was a game changer like this team is is going to be here now for a while you have a legitimate contender next year and the year after i mentioned espn has their power rankings out going into next season and it's not it's not oh who who's uh, who's lined up to win the draft lottery or who are the suns going to take with the 8th pick it's no the suns they have going into next season as the number 3 team in the nba uh, behind brooklyn and milwaukee and look it's a list you don't get anything for being high on the list but it is symbolic of the respect they have commanded from the rest of the nba really over these last 2 months they they still weren't getting their uh, their their proper amount of respect even when they went 51 and 21 in the regular season but when you do it in the playoffs that changes everything, and when you do it, when you go through the Lakers and you go through the team in Denver with the uh, with the MVP, and you go through the Clippers, and that Clippers team was a nasty team, and uh, and you you play a, just a highly entertaining series, and you win a few games against the Bucks. Like they, the the Suns have made their mark. Devin Booker's getting respect nationally. Pretty sure he's going to be an All Star next year. Like you, you start to see the shift of at the start of the year nationally it was oh yeah the suns they haven't done anything in a while and uh that's that's chris paul that's where he went right to by the end of the year it's like yeah that's dangerous team they almost just won the title and they're going to be back in uh, in serious contention next year so like i said big picture it'll get better last night was rough the last couple days were rough cuz you could kind of sense once milwaukee went up 3-2 that milwaukee was going to be tough to beat two straight but um like i said even even early fourth quarter last night, I genuinely thought eh, they could certainly win this game, and if they do, like the Suns' chances at home in Game Seven. So that's uh, you get that close, it hurts, but it's certainly a good sign of what you've been able to accomplish.
2: All right, Luke. Our next story: the Diamondbacks. This is a little more positive, unless you're someone that wants them to lose. You know, for draft purposes, tankathon. You know those people. Uh, oh, I know those people. The D backs have. Won four games in a row. However, on another negative note, Josh Rojas, pretty gruesome looking finger injury. So, yeah, what do you what do you make of the four wins in a row for the D-backs? Um, look, I mean, if you want them to have the worst record in baseball, they still have the worst
1: record in baseball, so you're fine. They're still two and a half games behind uh, Baltimore, and nobody else is really close. Sorry to bring up Baltimore in that context, Jesse. I know you like the Orioles you and You know, the it's
2: just been a rough year for my teams, but, you know, what year isn't? So, your two teams are a
1: combined sixty one and one hundred thirty two.
2: I like the Nats too. It it, it goes it goes Orioles, Nats, D backs.
1: Uh, I guess the Nats are having a decent year relative. I they're mean, trying. They're to. below five hundred. They're too, trying but, to. But it could be worse. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's nice just to see the Diamondbacks get some wins. You know, it hasn't been grabbing headlines the last week, certainly. Uh, but I'll go back to what Derek Hall told us on the morning show last week. He was like, look, I just want to start getting to 500 in some of these months. Not 500 for the season. They're 38 games below 500. But they are 8-8 eight and eight in the month of July. And if nothing else, that tells you how this team feels about Torrey Lovello. Not just the 16 games, but I'm saying if, if they go on a, on a run here where they're you know, they're close to 500 in July and close to 500 in August, and you see these guys getting healthier, and maybe you see some young players that you're like, okay, there could be something here. Unfortunately, you just mentioned Josh Rojas is one of those guys, and now he's hurt. But um, it, look, it's it's a lost season, but at least they've won a few games.
2: All right, our third story, a couple of football moves. So the Arizona Cardinals, and I hope I get this name right, they released Lamont Galliard. Did I do that right? Close enough, okay. Gilliard. yeah. Close it's, enough. It, it is spelled weird. Okay, all right. And then uh, he's their backup center. And then the 49ers, the in-division opponent of the-, the Cardinals, they signed star linebacker Fred Warner to a long-term extension, five years, $95 million, $40.5 million guaranteed. Wow,
1: that's, uh, that's good money if you can get it. Look, the Niners are going to be tough. The Rams are going to be tough. I would assume Seattle's going to be tough. I the Cardinals. Yeah, Best absolutely. And it's weird to see that stay that way for a few years. Like, usually in the NFL, that label bounces around. Uh, and for the Cardinals, I mean, that's not a huge move, obviously, with Gilliard, He was the sixth-round pick two years ago. I, I do remember in that 2019 draft, they were kind of like, yeah, we may have got somebody here late, but apparent, uh, apparently not. But to me, the story is um, – Training camp opens in 6 days. I'm not even sure if I'm emotionally ready to process oh, that so excited.
2: yet. I'm so ready for football. Uh, honestly, I'm still
1: I, in basketball I, I, mode. I, I, I really love, am.
2: I love the NBA. Basketball is one of my favorite sports. I like it probably more than football, but I feel like we've been watching NBA basketball for like a year straight. <laughs> we have. I, I know there was an off season, but like there was preseason like right away. And then like right after the bubble ended, there was college basketball, and I, you know, I'm just I'm tapped out on basketball for now. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I love the WNBA, so I'll watch that. But like I, I am not like NBA basketball. I'm ready for NFL football. I'm ready for Sundays. I'm ready to just chill back. I'm ready for Saturdays too.
1: I tell you, college football is the one I'm really. That's gonna when when the season starts, especially with everything kind of hanging over ASU and the fact that Pac-12 didn't even really play last year. That one's going to throw me off when college football starts. But, uh, yeah, NFL training camp
2: less than a week away. All right, what else you got? All righty, our next one. You know what, I'll I'll save the NHL story for the last one since we just touched on college football, and I'll bring this one up. So this is what I found to be, honestly, the most interesting story in the sports day coming out. Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to... um, the sec according to the houston chronicle about joining the conference which oh my gosh if they add texas is a is a non-factor in college football these days but oklahoma going into the sec that would just be an a ridiculous conference yeah i mean it's already ridiculous yeah
1: and look i mean texas i know they're down but they are certainly a program that could become a factor again you know within a year or two they they can turn the corner back real quick um I mean, do you want to put all the best teams in one conference? Like if you're going to do that, why why even have the you conferences? Know, yeah,
2: I don't understand the conferences. Like why don't just have a big league?
1: I, there's a lot we could do a 6-hour show on things I would do differently if I ran college football. We
2: should do that. You know what? You know what Luke when when college football season comes around, yeah. we should just have like an hour or you know, maybe 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 the whole show of just what we I, would change about college football? We won't we get could. to all
1: of it. It's only a yeah, two-hour show, but but know, I'm but I'm, I'm totally try. I'm open to, to getting through a little bit of it. Yeah, we can try. Uh, have expanded playoffs. Um, if they're a team's undefeated, you, undefeated teams make the playoffs, and then if they're frauds, they'll just get embarrassed in the first round, and that's fine. But Notre at least Dame. give them a chance. Yeah, whatever. I mean, Central Florida, like whether you think they were that good or not. Let them go there, and if they're not that good, they will be embarrassed. But uh, there's a lot I would change. But, yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting story today.
2: All right, and our final story, I kind of teased it a little bit. The National Hockey League has expanded to the wrong city. and it's not they... the wrong city. It's definitely the right city. No, no, Quebec, Hartford. Dude, <laughs> Quebec? Quebec yeah, had the their Nordiques. team. Bring the Nordiques back. Yeah, well, that's... Seattle needs the Sonics back. Not not a hockey team.
1: I will agree with you. Seattle needs the Sonics back, but uh, Quebec getting a hockey team. Is uh, just, I
2: like it. Quebec it, Quebec City
1: is. I don't think you've ever said anything on the show. I've I've disagreed with more on or off. The Interesting. Air Interesting. That.
2: Okay. Well, the Seattle Kraken. I love the name, though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disgrace the name. The name is amazing, um, but yes, uh, they had their expansion draft that we all knew about like three hours before like every selection because you know <laughs> gr- there was some very good reporting done today why didn't they just not
1: do the actual <laughs> draft part until like 3 p.m i don't know <laughs> that was strange
2: i don't know but yes the uh, seattle kraken had their their expansion draft i know hockey is near and dear to your heart luke so i'll just give you the floor for this one uh
1: yeah look I mean the main question is can they replicate what Vegas has done Vegas went to the Stanley Cup their first year I mean this this roster I'm looking at it it's not bad but it's it's not going to get to the Stanley Cup in its first year second year third year I mean they they built this roster a little more um a little differently than Vegas did, just in the sense that they went young and they also went with like they're right at the cap floor right now, which gives them the opportunity to either have flexibility going forward in future seasons or maybe to chase after some legitimate free agents this uh, this offseason. They can still make trades and everything. But I mean, when the Vegas expansion draft was done a couple of years ago and actually I was at the I was at the draft in Vegas, um, you could tell they had something and they were able to really freeze the market, and not. Like they were able to block other teams from making trades with each other, and and you know the other teams had not set up contracts quite the, the right way where there were some, there were too many good players available to Vegas. That wasn't the case with Seattle, but they still have a decent team. And, uh, and now they're going to be in the Pacific, and the Coyotes are going to be in the Central. So go figure. All right, we come back. We'll get back into the Suns. Chris Paul coming back. That's a foregone conclusion, right? We all agree with that. That is uh, it's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's The Rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Well, it didn't take long after the game last night for Magic Johnson to start tweeting that Chris Paul should join his buddy LeBron in L.A. Uh, Look, I know Magic's just looking out for the Lakers. I don't fault him for that. We're going to hear a lot of this stuff in the uh at least in the coming week but um if chris paul wanted to go to the lakers he would have gone to the lakers last year
2: i just appreciated magic you know not just tweeting congrats to the bucks for winning the championship Giannis had 40 f- or 50 points and they you know how magic just does those just it's like some headlines it's just like a headline it's not like any inside but you know i appreciated him like giving a take on twitter it's it's a you know, a changeup, even though I, I don't want him to. I don't want Chris Paul to go to the no, Lakers. I, I look, I'm, I just don't think he's going to. I mean,
1: money wise, he, they can't pay him. Now, I understand they could get creative and move some guys around. Gambo, uh, on their show today, Gambo was saying he feels like, usually when Gambo says stuff like this, he's got an inside track on, on at least what a team is trying to do, especially with the Lakers. And he said, um, you know, look for them to, to go hard after Kyle Lowry or Russell Westbrook, which I don't really want Russell Westbrook in, in L.A. with the Lakers either. But whatever, you can't, you can't do anything about L.A. getting better or worse. L.A. has to do something to get better because they were pretty well exposed behind LeBron and Anthony Davis this season, not just in the series with the Suns, but like they barely made the playoffs when those two guys weren't playing. So they're going to do something. But they're not getting Chris Paul. And I don't think Chris Paul is leaving in general. Uh, I mean, you talk about a guy that has bounced around the last couple of years. This was his best chance to win. The only way he's going to have a better chance to win is with this same group next year. I do think there is something if I were Chris Paul, I'd be like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, you tell me I get to play with the team I just helped take to the finals and I get to start next season with the same team. I don't got to teach everybody how to play around me and I don't have to learn to play around everybody else from game one next season. There's no adjustment period. We're just going. And they've got Monty Williams. And I already know I get along with Devin Booker. And we had one of the callers that said it before. I think that's a pretty good point. Like Chris Paul can, can be a little abrasive at times, but it works with this group. It may not work when you go somewhere else. I don't think he wants to go anywhere else, to be honest, but, um, it's going to be a topic of discussion. We knew that was going to be the case. This is Jay Williams this morning, and he was asked if Chris Paul will be coming back to Phoenix. Obviously, Jay Williams doesn't know, but here's his opinion.
10: I don't know if we'll see CP3 back in a Phoenix Suns jersey next year. You, we, you talk about super teams. If you're sitting there and if you're CP3, you've done everything you needed to do the last two years between OKC and now the Phoenix Suns. You've gotten this team to the NBA championship. You know, do you take this opportunity – At 37, if you sign an extension somewhere else, is that extension in L.A.? Is that extension with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, your twilight years, your last chance to do it, if you're going to ride a horse, if you're going to be with a guy that can make everybody else better and still implement your strategy when you can, is that LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers?
1: The only problem with that, and I understand, I understand making the connection of like, look, Chris Paul and LeBron have been friends since... Pre NBA, like those guys are tight. LeBron was at the game the other night, and whether you think that was to promote Space Jam Two or it was to cheer on Chris Paul, either way, he was there. Although he was tweeting about how good Giannis uh, looked last night, so I I don't know. Maybe he just enjoys basketball. I get the connection. Chris Paul could go play with LeBron. He could go play in LA where his family is. Uh, I I get all that stuff. And in years past, I would I would have been a little more worried. Like, okay, you know, it's a bet. Are the Lakers really? a more likely title contender next year than the Phoenix Suns if you're Chris Paul? No,
2: but they aren't right. No. Are you Chris Paul too? That was the the, the timing of that answer. I wasn't even ready for that. (laughs) No, Uh, but here's what, here's what concerns me and also kind of excites me. So what concerns me is the fact that Chris Paul is such big friends with LeBron. Yeah. It's been well documented. And Carmelo Anthony also a free agent, but he was also friends with LeBron going into last season too. Yes, but you know the Lakers were not going to break up that bring in Chris Paul. There was no need to do that. So you know, but that that kind of that kind of concerns me is just his friendship with LeBron, the fact that he lives in L.A., and the fact that Carmelo Anthony would sign with the Lakers on you know a veteran's minimum because those guys have always talked about playing with each other, and I know they wanted to do it when D Wade was still around. But you know I think that those three guys would potentially pair up however l a is only a six hour drive, and you know with Chris Paul's money, he can fly there on first class yeah, easily. it's like an hour flight it's like an hour flight, and then you know he probably wants to run it back with this team and I don't know he might take the one year and just take the forty four million and play one more year and then if it if it doesn't work out, then he goes to the Lakers. But, you know, I, I think, I think he's going to come back, but the Lakers thing does concern me for those reasons that I just stated and the Knicks are not happening. No, the Knicks, I mean, if we made a list of all the players, the Knicks
1: blogs claim they were in on, it would be literally every player in the NBA and none of them have joined that team. Um. I'd be more worried about this if either the Suns weren't good. Obviously, then it's like, okay, well, he's running out of time to win a title. He's, he's going to go somewhere if they weren't good. Like, if they, if they missed the playoffs this year or something, or if they even if they got in, in the first round of the playoffs and got bounced, like, that's an improvement for the team over the last decade. That's not an improvement for Chris Paul. They went to the NBA Finals, and they got as close as you can get without actually winning, which to me, in a weird way, Locks you in even more if you're Chris Paul, because had they won, I also could see the like, okay, it's only an hour flight, but I'm tired of doing it. Look, I won the title here with Phoenix. I'm going to love this place forever. This is where I got my first ring, maybe my only ring, but maybe, and I still would think he'd come back and try and defend it at that point, but but it, had they won the series, I would I'd be a little more worried about him leaving than what just happened. He's the reason, not the only reason but he was the driving force that we saw this team go from winning 20 games, 22, 24, 19, you know, last year he wasn't there for the bubble, but prior to the bubble, they were like lining up for a pretty high pick again. And uh, he's the driving force that pushed them from probably going to be a a contender for a play in round. Maybe, you know, maybe a six seed to like uh, yeah, they're in the, they're in the NBA finals and there's no way he likes how it ended. How could you, uh this is Chris Paul after the game last night talking about this Suns group. We grew all season long,
5: you know what I mean, especially starting out the way we did. Um nobody probably expected us to be where we are except for us, you know, but Excuse me. It is it is what it is. You know, like I said all season long with our team ain't no more victories.
1: Yeah, more uh, more here from Chris Paul on uh, on how how much this one's going to sting.
5: I mean, I I'll take some time and think about that, but right now, uh, you're just trying to figure out what you could have did more. You know, it's tough. Um,
1: great group of guys. Hell of a season. But
5: um,
1: this one's going to hurt for a while. He just means too much to this group. It's not just his production on the court. It's, I mean, you listen to DeAndre Ayton talk about Chris Paul, and it's like, I mean, he said, like, bringing him in was the best thing that's ever going to happen to me in my career. Like, that's, that's not something you say lightly. Uh, and he said it, you know, he's, he's uh, some version of that. He said that a few times this season, we have seen the impact Chris Paul had on Devin Booker again, not just on the court, but just how he carries himself. And I, I look, I would never say never. I just, I don't think it'd be the right move for Chris Paul. I mean, I understand if he wants to to opt out and and say to the Suns, look, I just took you guys to the finals instead of one year at 44 million or whatever, give me three years and we'll, you know, I'll take less money per year, but overall I want more guaranteed money. I feel like I get that you're nearing the end of your career. He doesn't need more money. I'm pretty sure he owns state farm at this point too, on top of all the money he's made, but I understand it's a business, but if I'm Chris Paul in terms of looking around and being like, where's my best chance to win a title? Yes. If he goes to the Lakers, they're dangerous, but if he stays here, he already knows this is it. basically they 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 just they were in the NBA finals 24 hours ago with him and it's not I mean look we've talked so much about this over the last two week or two months rather of people trying to poke holes in the Suns run to get to this point if you're Chris Paul when nobody's around you're going to be honest with yourself and look and say okay how 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 much did luck play a factor in our run to the the NBA finals and I think honestly he's going to look and say. Anthony Davis being hurt. I mean, let's just be completely honest here. Anthony Davis being hurt certainly helped. But if you recall, the Suns cruised in game one of that series and Anthony Davis was playing. I understand they, he was beat up going into the series. If you're Chris Paul, you're still looking at that and saying, yeah, Anthony Davis is there. It's tough. It probably goes seven. I still think we win. The Nuggets, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what happened to the Nuggets. That, that's a win for the Suns. Chris Paul could have taken two games off. They would have cruised in that series. The Clippers series was tough. Yeah, if Kawhi plays, how many, how many sentences over the last three, four, or five years have, have begun with, if Kawhi plays? So, I don't know, I get if you're a fan of the Lakers or the Clippers, you want to poke holes in that, you want to be like, look, and, and I understand why you're frustrated, because you'd like to see your team at full strength, but if you're Chris Paul and you're being honest with yourself and trying to evaluate who gives you the best chance to win... You don't know that LeBron's going to be healthy all next year. You certainly don't know that Anthony Davis is going to be healthy, and that group behind them is just mediocre. You know all the intangibles are on your side if you stay in Phoenix. So, like I said, no guarantees he stays. Man, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm staying. I'm just staying in the situation. I'm not saying it because it's Phoenix. I'm saying that he is on a team where everybody gelled with him. He sure seemed to gel with all them. Monty Williams is is obviously a great leader, and you just made the finals for the first time in your career. Why would you walk away from that and start over? Who do you really look at that is is a guaranteed upgrade? I don't see a guaranteed upgrade. I really do not. If he goes to the Lakers, which I don't think he will, yeah, that's going to be a really good trio. What do you have behind him at that point? Because you've got to pay Chris Paul more than $5 million to get him. All right, when we come back, we will hear from uh, Michael Wilbon, get his thoughts on the NBA Finals. Always has good insights on, uh, on basketball, and specifically, he's got some ties to Phoenix as well. So his thoughts on what happened last night. That's next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: All right, welcome back! Wow, going with are you going with Pearl Jam because of the Kraken
2: expansion draft tonight, or was this just uh... just just thought about it oh. and you know it it works? There you go, there you go. I just love Pearl Jam. All right, I saw you at an Eddie Vedder show one time. You saw me at an Eddie Vedder show, yeah, and at the Tempe Innings Fest. I was at that. Yeah, we did not talk at that. I didn't. Because we didn't know I each did, other. I didn't know if you knew who I was. I was an intern at the time. I just remember that show being very dark and
1: outside. And Eddie Vedder was, um, he was Eddie Vedder.
2: Oh, it, it was a phenomenal show. It was. It was, it was a very good yeah. show.
1: I've only ever actually seen him that one time, and then Pearl Jam once. Yeah, which so is, is we're crazy.
2: tying each other back. I don't know what I was going to. <laughs> just, was, just go ahead. <laughs> that was that was a few years ago too. I yeah, think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, it, all, it all comes back. Full circle. Full circle. That's what I meant to say. Full there circle in the final
1: uh, <laughs> final hour of the show. Uh, Michael Wilbon was on with Bickley and Murata this afternoon. Of course, uh, Michael Wilbon of Pardon the Interruption, of, uh, of all of the ESPN basketball coverage over the last, I mean, decades. And uh, But certainly has ties to the, uh, the Valley as well. So, you know, he's not like out there openly cheering for the Suns. But, you know, he kind of has a soft spot in his heart for the Phoenix Suns. He was on this afternoon. Here's
4: part of that interview.
3: The great Michael Wilbon from ESPN joins us here on the Colter Automotive Group Sports Sportsline.
4: All right, so now, so now you as a uh, Phoenix resident and as a Suns fan and as a huge basketball fan, what are your emotions? What are you reconciling out of this series?
10: Well, I, you know what? I did it fairly quickly last night. Um, I had an hour and a half ride home from Milwaukee to my apartment in Chicago, and uh, I, I texted with a lot of people, coaches uh, included, uh, even some current coaches um, and, look, the, the one thing I was worried about at 2-0 in the series, in the finals, 2-0 Suns, they haven't suffered enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the history of the NBA, they're suffering. They, okay, so Magic didn't suffer because he won as a rookie and Tim Duncan won in his second year. That's it. That's the list. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, Michael Jordan, seven years suffering. Well, remember when he fell on that ball and he held on to it and he sobbed openly? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is LeBron. LeBron took that jersey off walking back into the tunnel when he lost, you know, in his fifth or sixth year. You don't – this is not a worst-to-first sport. It's not like you retool, you get two free agent pitchers, and then you win the next year. Or you sign a quarterback and you get a couple of linemen and you go from worst to – no, 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 no. No, it's not that. And the Suns hadn't suffered enough. Chris Paul has suffered enough, but the, but the team had not suffered enough. And at 2-0, I was like, you know what, this is, too, this is going too easy. They won three straight against the Lakers. They won nine straight overall. They swept Denver. They, you know, Kawhi was injured. I don't, I, I don't see any asterisk. Chris has been injured in series. Nobody said that that series winner needed an asterisk. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, this has gone too swimmingly. Um, and then they lost the game that, that changed the series. They lost game four. Game four changed the series. Game four, they win game four, they're winning the series. But they didn't. And it just, it, they, they just could not find the, the, the level of play they had found earlier in the playoffs. And Milwaukee's a better team. The the Suns are too small. They, can't, they, they could not control, not even control, they couldn't even hold their own on the rebounding. They turned the ball over. They were weak with the ball. Yep. I didn't really understand that, but they were weak with the ball. The turnovers... Uh, not being able to rebound, not being able to keep Milwaukee off the offensive boards. And the best player in, in the series is Giannis Antetokounmpo. What happens in the NBA when you have the best player?
4: You win. you
9: win. You win. Yeah.
10: Period. Giannis wasn't the best player two years ago when they played against Toronto. Kawhi Leonard was the best player. Um, and so this is what happened. They They met a team that was better. Um, I never thought the Sarich thing would hurt them as much as it did, but it did. Cause just, just, not that he's going to go out there and score 20. He's not. But people, people aren't subtle enough to understand sort of Sarich's they, – they needed fouls. They needed physicality. They needed somebody to lean on you. I mean, Shaq once told me that he knew that if he leaned on somebody for like two or three games, by the game four, that person was tired. Yeah. And so they wore the Suns down physically, um, and they played the way they should have played the whole postseason. It, Milwaukee finally did that. They got the best player in the series, and the Suns players other than Chris Paul, they hadn't learned enough. They hadn't suffered enough. They hadn't, they'll haven't. they disagree with that. They'll say he's crazy, and I'll just offer up history.
4: No, you're right. Yeah. I'll I...
10: offer up history, all the great players. Look at Kevin Durant. Look at LeBron. They had to change teams. Mm-hmm. They had to leave town to go somewhere because the suffering was so great and link up with somebody to help them win. Um, Dwayne Wade is almost an exception, but Dwayne Wade had a rib injury in a game seven against Detroit, and he lost that game. He had to come back the next year and win the conference finals. This is, you know, Jerry West. Jerry West lost like seven times to the Celtics. Jerry West won one. He won one title. Mm -hmm. And so the Suns had a, a slightly narrowly open window. To win Game Four and get a three-one lead, and maybe they maybe they still win the one. Maybe Giannis, you know, would have still had those great games. Giannis had Giannis had a fifty man.
4: <laughs>
3: well, you, you leave me nuts. where I'm, I'm going, Michael. Yeah. Is, even with all those things, I think you're bringing up great points on suffering. I think the Suns were weak with the ball. I think you're right on all that stuff. But it still took like three doses of historic basketball for the Bucks to get by. If you go to Game Four, yes. the block by yes. Giannis. I mean, the stats on that. Nobody's done that ever. In that situation, in Game Five, the Bucks shoot seventy percent for half the game—historic stuff. And then last night, what you said, Giannis was what well, he was—Superman last great. night.
10: He's great. And they, it was still a two-possession game, yeah. and he scored fifty. I mean, and they had suffered. You t- Giannis has suffered. I was at that Toronto series. They were up two nothing in the Toronto series and had to win Game Three and lost Game Three, either, either in overtime or double overtime, to Toronto, and. Uh, Milwaukee did. And so, you know, the Suns didn't do anything wrong. I understand that the anguish that I, – I understand that I can't feel it. I, I've never had that ex- circumstance in, in competition, in professional competition. I understand exactly what Chris Paul was saying. I understood exactly why Monty was the way he was. I admire those guys. I love those guys for the humanity they showed um, and yet being gracious in, the, in, in, in live time. I like them even more than I liked them already, and I like them plenty, both of them. That's good. Michael, let me ask and, you man, this. If anybody, if anybody in Phoenix, if I was manning the radio, the, the phone call today, and anybody active, I have one of my dear and close friends who knows about competition that at a high level, Robbie Petty, because he played golf at University of North Carolina, and I was just lecturing him in a text, hey, shut up.
4: <laughs> you <laughs> hear I'll that, Jared? Shut up.
10: Much more competition than I'll ever understand. Again, because he played Division One golf and he can, you know, he can still go out and shoot 65. And I, I said to him, <laughs> if somebody had told you on Christmas Day the Suns would get to the finals, you would have said, what?
4: Say, no way. Yeah, you, you, you would That's say right. no way. Right.
10: That's right. They, yeah. they did something. They had a mag- they're one of the few teams that could have a magical season and still having lost at the end of it. It's still a magical season. No one had this. No one had this. If anybody says they had this, they're a liar.
3: Mm-hmm.
10: The Suns played brilliantly. Except for they, they, they ran out of it. They ran out of gas. And when I say they ran out of gas, I don't mean they got physically tired. I mean another team that it really should be their time.
4: It, it should be Milwaukee's time. I totally agree. Totally agree. And Giannis, was, uh, he, this was old school, like you and I grew up indoctrinated in in the NBA. One dude putting a team and a city on yes. his back up to the top of the mountain. Now, let me ask you about Chris Paul, because it took about nine seconds after last night for Magic to start tweeting and luring him to Los Angeles. I told
10: you that. I told you guys that two weeks ago. You did.
4: You did. Tell us where you think this is going.
10: I don't know. I don't know, and I'm I'm glad I didn't ask Chris. I want plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. I have not talked to him about that. Uh, don't know.
4: Don't know. Okay. I mean. I got you, know, you, and I totally respect that. So then tell me about Giannis putting that team on his back. That is that not, isn't this exactly.
10: One it's one of the all-time three games, look, nobody, nobody can do it six or seven, nobody's ever done it six or seven, not LeBron, not Michael, not Magic, not Will, not Russell not, nobody's played, they've all had a game in there, or two games more than one, they've had a couple of games where, you know, they get a C and then the other games they play so brilliantly, you look at it, I mean, Giannis, Giannis the, the only game that wasn't an A-plus was game one, when he was coming off yeah. a knee injury that he thought would keep him out for a year Giannis was great now, I'm ranking the Magic game of 42-15-7 against Philly in Philly in, repl- in, 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 in replacement of uh, Kareem when, when, again, Magic was a rookie, 42-15-7. That's the greatest closeout game I've ever seen. Yeah. That's the greatest closeout game there will ever be, in my lifetime at least. But Giannis, man, he was, he was, he was way up there. He put 50. And he didn't hit a bunch of threes. He didn't. We didn't like. Not like he had a night of seven or eleven. As a matter of fact, he did something much harder for him. He stood there and he put his big foot on the line and he hit what (laughs) seventeen of nineteen, yeah, right.
4: Come on, I know. Come on, the dude was just monstrous.
1: Yeah, yeah. Giannis goes seventeen and nineteen from the free throw line. That's not a great sign. (laughs) There's literally nothing you can do at that point. And when he gets ahead of steam coming down the court and he kind of gets it in his mind, he's putting the ball in the hoop for two points. Yeah, it's tough to stop him in that regard, too. Uh, he's one of the best I've seen in a long time at doing that. But he's horrible at the free throw line. And he wasn't horrible at the free throw line like, oh, this series. Or, oh, you know, these playoffs, the pressure got to him. Or, oh, this season. No, he's been bad at the free throw line since he got into the NBA. But not last night. 17 of 19. What do you say after the game? He's like, yeah, well, I guess I finally made him when they count. Uh, yeah, you did. Thanks, Giannis. You couldn't have done that like a year from now or something, but he gets 50 points and he hits 17 and 19 from the free throw line. I don't know that there's a lot you can do in that situation except get ready for next year. So that's what we will do uh, when we come back. I do want to get back into the topic of super teams because they're still going to exist. But what did these NBA finals do in terms of making them a necessity? Maybe, maybe they poked some holes. Maybe these entire playoffs poked some holes in that uh, in that strategy. We'll discuss it next. It's the rundown on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: It's the rundown, hosted by Luke Lipinski. Luke, I am your no father. 98.7 eight seven FM Arizona's Sports Station.
1: That uh, was like my whole childhood, right there. Nirvana playing and people uh, quoting Star Wars to me. The uh, final segment of the show here. We haven't. I have
2: old enough for
1: Nirvana? I mean, everybody's old enough for Nirvana. I mean, I guess, but like. Well, it's, it's, Nirvana, I guarantee you, if you, I'm surprised they didn't have like Dave Grohl at the Kraken expansion draft tonight. I mean, yeah, yeah it's. it's <laughs> that yeah, would have made sense. He uh, is from Northern Virginia, actually. Well, I don't think Northern Virginia is getting a team anytime soon. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, final segment of the show. And. Um, I'm enjoying this. First time I've done the rundown in like three, four
2: weeks. You've been here at least, Jesse. I have, I, I have. Uh, with Spencer Keatsman and Tim Ring and uh, Steve, Steve Zinsmeister. Zinsmeister. Was in here, yeah. um, I think that's. I think that's
1: it. Uh, so we've got a show again on Friday too, and we'll certainly talk uh, more sons there. Uh, wanted to. I just. I, I. I'm fascinated by this topic. You know, you had two teams in this series that, for the most part, are pretty likable. Like, I'm sure there are NBA fans that are like, eh, I'm not a huge fan of Chris Paul. And and look, I know there's a lot of Suns fans that were kind of sick of Bobby Portis by the end of that series. But by and large, compared to most NBA teams, two pretty likable teams. And the reason, I think, that they are both likable is because they flew in the face of the whole super team concept that has really just sort of smothered the NBA over the last decade or so. And look, I want to be clear. like, If you're a free agent, go to the team you want to go to. As I've said, I, I hate when you see a guy force his way off a team where he's signed because his friends are playing on another team and he just forces a trade. Like, uh, I like James Harden. He was great at ASU. Seems like a decent guy. But I didn't love the way he forced his way out of Houston. I mean, they built that team around him. I didn't love the way Anthony Davis forced his way out of New Orleans because LeBron wanted him on the Lakers. Like, I think if you have guys that can just, if the contracts mean nothing, that's a problem for your sport. But the bigger issue for your sport is if you only have two or three teams that can legitimately contend because everybody wants to go to L.A. or Brooklyn or Miami or whatever. Notice I didn't say the Knicks because nobody ever wants to go there. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change. Like, we talked to Kellen Olsen in the first hour, and he made a a, a very – just a great point of, like, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie decide they want to come play for your team and they're going to bring James Harden, you're going to take them. But what I, I do hope kind of changes is what we saw last offseason where you have, like, Dallas clearing out cap space and room because they hope they're going to get Giannis, and Miami clearing out everything, kind of hoping they're going to get Giannis. And, like, teams just – Teams deciding the only way to win is to be a super team, and I think maybe that's the point. I don't want that to be the only way you can win because then it really only is a couple teams that can do it. This season, you saw the Suns get there and you saw the Bucks get there, and those are two teams that are basically built with their own draft picks for the most part. You make trades and stuff, but you are you're you're essentially either draft picks or guys nobody else wanted. And Milwaukee was terrible for a while with Giannis and Chris Middleton, and now they've won a title. The Suns were awful with Devin Booker playing out of his mind. The guy scored 70 points one, in one game, and then, what, the team won 22 games that year or something. Even when you first get DeAndre Ayton, like, the team struggled their first year when those two were together. So I think there's something not just endearing about, okay, you've got two teams here that belong here are legitimately good. There were moments in that in that finals where you're like, okay, this is Devin Booker making a great play to throw an alley-oop to Deandre Ayton is about to make a great play and then Giannis makes a great play to block it. Like there's a lot of star power in that 2-second play. So these teams were not flukes. I do think we're going to see one or both of them back in the finals within the next 2 or 3 years, maybe as soon as next year for the Suns, who knows. Maybe for the Bucks. But um you know, you 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 get that So it's endearing. It's also encouraging, though, because if you're a team around the league that's like, "Eh, all right, we got to rebuild here. But, um, you know, we we we, the only way to to win in this league is if we can get Kevin Durant to come here or if we can get Luca to leave Dallas or Giannis to leave Milwaukee. Like Giannis staying in Milwaukee last offseason and then immediately winning a title. It sucks for us right now because it was at the expense of the Suns. But if anything, that's good for basketball. The Suns getting to the, the finals and doing it with Devin Booker, who they drafted, and Booker being loyal to Phoenix, and, and, and then he gets rewarded by going to the title. Like that's, that, is, that stuff's all good for basketball. Uh, this is Giannis last night. He was obviously going to be asked about his decision to stay in Milwaukee
11: because it just paid off. I couldn't leave. You know, there was, there was, a, there was a job that had to be finished. You know, I felt like the bubble did not pay, pay, us, pay us justice. You know, uh, give credit to Miami; they played great, but it did not pay us justice. Like everybody was feeling homesick, we we're family-oriented team, wanted to share families, and and uh, but you know, coming back, I was like, this is my city. You know, they, they trust me; they believe in me, they believe in us. Even when we were like we were lost, the city still was like on our side, and. Um, you know, obviously, I want, I wanted to get the job done, you know. Uh, they, but that's my stubborn side. Like, it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go. Like, I don't want to put anybody in the spot. But I could go to a super team and, you know, just do my part and win a championship. Still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way. And we did it. Yeah. And that
1: that I do respect a lot. And, I mean, I, and it certainly would have been the same if the Suns won. And... um. I mean it would have been a lot better but uh, but you know it's it's not going to it's not like teams are going to stop forming super teams if they can do it but it just wasn't great when we kind of got to the point where it was like you can only win if you can get a few guys on team USA to decide they want to play together in your city cuz that just it's not uh, it's not it's not great and uh when you when you factor when you couple Milwaukee winning the title and the Suns going on that deep run and you couple that with, uh, you know, with Brooklyn having an injury. And then I still thought Brooklyn was decent, even without Kyrie, that roster. But it just it wasn't enough. And maybe it was just Milwaukee on a mission now, in, in hindsight. we uh, saw the Lakers once Anthony Davis went down. Like, the guys they had to lean on, that's not a good team. Um, you know, the Clippers, without Kawhi, a ton of respect for the Clippers, even though they were irritating. They, uh, they hung in there. But you get these teams where you're built around two guys and one of them gets hurt and you're so top heavy that you couldn't really do much with the rest of your roster. You know, that's that's the risk we saw in these playoffs. A lot of teams had injuries. Some teams could handle it because they had other you know, they had more depth and uh, and some of the super teams couldn't Uh, We'll wrap it up here with uh, with this one too. PJ Carlissimo when asked about the Suns going forward. Uh, not going to surprise me at all. I don't want to put it on Monty's shoulders
0: already, like, what, an hour after they get to game <laughs> six in the finals. But uh, if this, if they keep this team together, and particularly CP, I, I, I think they need right now, they need Chris to be a part of this. And, you know, I, I think this Phoenix team, they didn't do it with mirrors. They had the second-best record uh, in the NBA this entire year. So everybody talks well, yeah, well, they cut breaks. This guy got hurt against them. This guy got hurt against them. I mean, whose fault is that? Exactly. Uh, they, Amen. They they did a great job and they deserve to be right where they are and I think they're here to stay. I'm not saying they're going to get to the finals every year, but I'm not going to be surprised
1: uh, if they have great success going forward. Yeah, I mean they're contenders. They're already contenders next year. You got to bring Chris Paul back. If you if you're unable to bring him back, that doesn't just drop them out of contention, but it really changes the face of your team.
2: They're contenders.
1: <laughs> Is that is that your pj carlissima pj look as long as pj says they're contenders uh, i i feel i feel better going coaching into,
2: ruined my voice but going great insight
1: going into uh into counting down to uh when, when's uh when's the first game next year do we know yet it's it's not that far away october right? it's, it's less than three months away from the start of the season and in theory i mean everything's fluid but in theory you'll be able to watch devin booker on team usa here i believe their first game actually is the twenty fifth. So is that Sunday against France? I think that's right. Uh but who knows with the Olympics. But uh but yeah, look, I mean brutal, brutal uh brutal loss last night. To me, the the losses you're gonna look back on in the series where it got away from you were, were games four and game five. But like I said, I mean you go into the fourth quarter of game six of the NBA finals and you absolutely still had a chance to win that game and if you win that game you're coming home for game seven. It's uh it's painful it's going to be painful for a while, but it's also great that you're that close. And, again, couple it with the fact that you were that close, and there's no reason you can't be that close or even go take that final step next season. There's there's no reason that can't happen, but uh, certainly we will see. All right. It's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks to Kellen Olson for joining us. Thanks to Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. It's been The Rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.